0: This is the No More Wasted Days podcast, and we're your hosts, Sarah Kaufman Bradstreet. And Heather PG. Grab your favorite in a drink and listen as we share
1: vulnerable stories so you never feel alone on your alcohol-free journey.
0: And gain insights from us as we break down our most used tips and strategies that have kept us alcohol-free. It's time to break free from wasting any more of your days to the
1: drinking blackout hangover cycle. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the No More Wasted Days podcast. I am your host, Heather PG. And I am your other host, Sarah
0: Coffin-Bradstreet. All
1: right. So we're going to kick off today's episode by interviewing Sarah a little bit, getting a little bit of her backstory. So Sarah Tell us a little bit about your history with booze and what led up to your alcohol-free journey.
0: Okay. I'll try to keep it nice and brief, but I think it's important to note that I didn't really drink in high school. I think a lot of people always think people with a drinking problem, maybe it started in their teens, but it really didn't for me. It started more in college for me, and I became a binge drinker super fast. I would watch news articles and they would, you know, on the nightly news when they say, if you drink this much, you're considered a binge drinker. And I would go, oh no, that's me. And that was me kind of forever. I was a weekend drinker for a really long time until I wasn't. And then I was bringing it into the weekdays. And I probably brought it into the weekdays, like in my late twenties, once I was, had my teaching career going, was really Supposed to be finding that the prime in my life, but I was guess getting more relaxed and just started going to the bar on the weeknights, going into work with a little hangover here and there. Nothing too crazy though, but definitely when I look back, little signs right there of just watching it start to pick up. And then it just slowly progressed, really, really slowly to where I couldn't see it happening and. Somewhere in the mix of all that, I got married, I had twins, and when I was pregnant, of course, I didn't drink, and then just slowly picked back up once I wasn't pregnant, and kind of that same progression started again, and what really was the big defining moment for me was we went on a cruise. Right before I turned 40, my husband and I went on a cruise, and we drank so much. We had the drink package, and I always tell people that we were trying to show that cruise line that they were going to lose some money on us. (laughs) We were like, we'll buy this, but we're going to make our money back. And it was the stupidest choice. And after we got home from the cruise, we just kept the party going. And it was like that until that was March 2019. We kept it going until we quit drinking May 2019. And both my husband and I quit together. It was actually his idea. And I was not very excited about it, even though I was outside of myself looking in, going... I think I have a problem. I think I'm drinking too much. I think I need to do something. But when he mentioned it, I was like, I don't want to quit. That was the last thing I wanted to do. But that was kind of just the leading up. It was this slow progression. And I think one of the defining moments, too, was seeing that and going, if it's just been this slow progression and now I'm here and I'm almost 40, where is it going to be when I'm 50? Where is it going to be when I'm 60? And that was a really scary thing to think about.
1: Yeah, Definitely. Thank you for sharing that. What would you say surprised you the most when you quit drinking?
0: I think what surprised me the most first was, I don't like to say this, but it was easier than I thought it was going to be. There were definitely habits that I had to break. There were things in my life that all revolved around alcohol. So changing that mindset. But once I made up my mind, Once I was kind of scared straight, because I think that's what I was too. I was scared straight with the facts that I started finding. And I was totally freaked out when I started realizing all my weekends were were drinking and that my life was really boring without alcohol because my only hobby was drinking. But because of all those things that were so eye-opening to me, it became much easier than I thought it would. And I do think I say that, oh, it was so easy, but I had tried to quit drinking before. I had tried to change my drinking habits before, and it didn't work. So maybe I shouldn't say it was so easy. It was so easy when I finally was in my time where it was going to work for me. And I think that's one thing when people are always saying, like, how can I do it? How can I do it? It has to be an inside shift. It can't be the remove all the alcohol from your house and white knuckle it every single day. Like if that's what's happening, then you haven't made that internal shift yet. And that's where that work needs to start happening. So that was probably one of the most surprising things for me. And also how much I liked it. I didn't think I was going to like being alcohol-free. And I really, really did. And I think it's because I surrounded myself with Quitlet and podcasts like this and didn't feel totally alone on my journey. And I think that helped a lot.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's amazing. You know, they will say like you, can't know what you don't know. And when you start learning and kind of setting that ego aside and really Mm -hmm. getting curious, that's when a lot of shifts can happen. What would you tell the listeners, like a tip or some kind of nugget of wisdom from Sarah about not wasting
0: any more of your days? A nugget or wisdom. I think I kind of answered it a little bit in the last one, but definitely it's the changing your mindset. It's starting to see yourself as a non-drinker and seeing that that's not a bad thing, seeing that it's totally okay to tell people, sorry, I don't drink. And I had to leave a lot of the idea that other people were going to be really offended or that other people were going to question it or other people were going to think I was an alcoholic. Like there was a lot of that noise happening in my head. What are other people going to think? And I had to leave that chatter behind and really work on, my number one, which is me, and just yeah. say, this is super important to me. doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter if other people are saying, I have a drinking problem and that's why I'm doing this. It just, none of that matters. What matters is I'm feeling like I need to do this for me right now. But the one piece I've always had is that mindset shift, the working on myself through affirmations and looking at myself as a non-drinker. So that's my one giant tip is got to get in there and do the mindset work. And be willing to do the hard stuff. So then it does feel easy on your journey.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. Mine did not feel easy. So, I mean, it it did. It was like the easiest thing I've ever done and the hardest thing I've ever done all at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was easy. I guess it was easier than I thought it should be is Mm -hmm. what it really came down to. I was like, I feel like this should be a lot harder, but I also just think it was the right time.
1: yeah. Definitely. So we're going to talk about routines. So, this is probably one of our favorite topics to talk oh, about yeah, together. Is. I know
0: we both got so excited when we were like, we haven't talked about routines yet. Yeah. So, kick us off, Sarah. All right. I think when people hear routines, they hear boring and it's so not boring. So, right. I hope that some of you are totally jazzed about routines the way Heather and I are. But routines set you up for success in your day. And I bring it back to being kids. When I was a teacher, we had to have routines in my classroom. And when we did, the kids thrived. And on days when I was letting the routines be relaxed, the kids did not thrive. I did not thrive. It was a disaster. And that's how it is in real life. So if you're trying to take on something like quitting drinking, which can be really challenging and overwhelming at times, and you don't have routines in place, you're not going to thrive. So when I look at my routines throughout the day, I get so excited. I get so excited and pumped about some of my favorite ones. I guess some of them are kind of boring and just have to be done. But knowing what I know makes me still be really excited about them. And the one thing that I think everybody needs to know, because I think people are like, what does this have to do with quitting drinking whenever I talk about this? But you have so many decisions you can successfully make in a day. You will hit a decision paralysis at some point in the day or your motivation will run out. There's been so many studies done on it. So when we can make so many things run on autopilot, when the question in our brain comes up to, should we drink today? We can firmly answer no if we have routines in place because we haven't used all of our willpower or all of our decision-making skills. So that's the one thing I want you guys to keep in mind while you're listening to this is that it's super important to have these routines in place so our brain isn't having to work on overdrive on the little things. Is that what you found through this, Heather? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think about
1: the routine that you developed as a drinker, it's gonna take a while to develop a routine as a non-drinker. Like you said, the decision paralysis or fatigue is real. And if you have those routines in place and you're not making a whole bunch of decisions during your witching hour, say from four to eight, BM,
0: you're going to be more successful for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I was going to have us dive into going through our day and looking at it in routines. And I would love to if we share as we go like, oh, this one is the one I'm really good at or this is the one that I'm really bad at because I don't want people to think Heather and I totally have this down. I still totally work on certain parts of my routine and I'm like, how can I dial this in? How can I make this easier? but we're actually going to start with my favorite one. I don't know if it's Heather's favorite one. I don't think it is, but it's the morning routine. And I'm a morning person. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of buzz out there and people think that, oh, you have to be a morning person. You have to wake up early to be successful in your life. And that is not the case at all. This is just what I really, really like. This is what I am my best person. So if you're listening to my morning routine and you're going, oh my gosh, no way. But you happen to be an evening person, then you're going to love that part when we get there. So I was going to have us both go through our ideal morning routines and people can kind of grab from those. But I was a person who always wanted a morning routine. I remember in my 20s being like, oh, I wish I could be that person that woke up early every morning and worked out. And I tried a lot and failed a lot until I got this nailed down. Like, I don't think I had my morning routine nailed down until I quit drinking, which I did right after I turned 40. So (laughs) If that gives you any, any idea of how long it took me, and if you're feeling frustrated, don't. Just keep going. you can practice on this. But my morning routine is me waking up before everyone else in my household. That's really important because I'm actually a little grumpy at first, and I like to just have my alone time. But I start out with a guided meditation. Heather and I both use the Unplug app, and I can put a link to their 30-day trial down there. We're not affiliates, but if we could be, we would be because we love them. I do a guided meditation with the Unplug app, and then I do my daily gratitudes. I write down five things that I'm grateful for from the day before. I keep it pretty simple, but pretty specific. And then I do my daily affirmations. Right now I have seven. I just write out those seven affirmations. When I was brand new at quitting drinking, I wrote down, I do not drink every single day as my first one. That was one of my first ones. And that's one thing I instruct everybody to do that's working with me because that's the working on the mindset piece that will make it feel easier. After that, if I have enough time, which I never seem to have enough time and I can't wait until I do, I, w- I love to write. And I love to try to write in this writing app called Morning Pages and write out, I think I have it set to 250 words right now. I keep it pretty simple just because I know that's what I have time for. But I would love to be a person that sits down writes 500 words about whatever. And then that's that. And then I do my workout, which is that's kind of my non-negotiable in my morning routine. So that is my ideal morning routine. It takes me about, I'm trying to think, it starts at 5 a.m. and I'm done by 7 a.m. So it does take me two hours, but that's my morning routine. What's yours, Heather? I think that's awesome. So mine is, I, I wouldn't say I'm a morning person or a night person.
1: I don't really know yet. It's ever evolving, I suppose. But if I'm on my game, I like to meditate before I get out of the bed using the Unplug app, like a quick positive start of the day meditation. And I do my gratitudes. I text one person from our group, three things that I'm thankful for. I check in on the I Am Sober app for my days. If I'm really on my game. I'll do ten minutes of free writing with my coffee, get in a workout, get ready for the day, and do the affirmations as I go. I also have some affirmation cards at my desk that I'll pull out through the day. If my morning routine is shortened, the one that I skip or two is usually working out and makeup.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say there has to be somewhere you can be, especially when you have a younger kid. I remember when my kids were Little, little, they interrupted my morning routine a lot. (laughs) But my non-negotiable and mine are my meditation and my workout. Those are my two that I'm kind of like, got to get them in. And if I absolutely know, like, maybe I have a lot of work to do and I'm just like, I got to pare it down and actually get some work done in the morning, I still meditate. That's become my non-negotiable. Ten minutes. It doesn't have to be crazy. When you hear me and I say, it's two hours and you're like, oh, my God, it can be a ten minute meditation. It doesn't have to be crazy.
1: Yeah, men are are quick in the morning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to, I actually am skipping afternoon routine and we'll find out why. What is your evening routine looking like is what we're going to be talking about next. And I think this one is so important, so overlooked as an adult. Like we put our kids to bed and we make sure they have a nighttime routine so they know that nighttime's coming and hopefully they won't wander out of their rooms and ask us for a snack or a water or whatnot. But we are so consistent with that because we're hoping they'll sleep through the night. So why aren't we consistent with ourselves on that? And especially when you have first quit drinking, your sleep may be awesome when you first quit drinking but a lot of times it's not because your body's learning how to be a body without alcohol and that's going to take it a little while. So the best thing you can do is have a really consistent nighttime routine and it signals to your brain, hey, it's time to go to bed. We're getting ready to get tired. This is going to happen for us. Did you have an evening routine when you were a drinker?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I left work and got alcohol and drank and did the things until I could get to a point where I could just sit and drink. So I guess my evening routine was permeated with alcohol for sure. Now, yeah, mine was too. Not,
0: yeah, And I was like a super crabby mom in the evening. And when I quit drinking, I stopped being a crabby mom. The one thing I was doing because I thought it made me a more patient mom, mm-hmm. I was so wrong about it. I was just... It's ridiculous when I look back at it. I will say that alcohol gave me a false sense of being tired. So having this evening routine take place after I quit drinking was super important for me. So I'm going to go through my ideal evening routine. Mine's not very detailed because by the time I'm tired, I'm the crabbiest person on the planet and I don't want to do anything and I don't even want to take care of myself anymore. And you can ask my family and they all know. But So mine's pretty short, but it doesn't look short when I wrote it all out, but they're all super easy things. If it was the perfect evening, because there are things that don't happen every night, my phone gets plugged in in our living room. I do not take it to bed. That was a big thing I had to do. It felt really scary to get rid of that phone in my bedroom. It's been one of the best things I've done for myself as far as sleeping, getting to sleep on time, and not waking up and just scrolling my phone in the bed because I was really bad about that. So I plug that in. It's gone for the night. And then I brush my teeth. And if life is really great, I wash my face and I moisturize. But I don't do that every night. That's one thing I need to work on. But I lay out my workout clothes for the next day. Sometimes they're just thrown into a pile in the bathroom so I know they're where they need to be. And then I read a few books from my fiction book and usually I fall asleep. I read on my Kindle and it's just like till I start dropping the Kindle on myself and it's time to go to bed. That's usually my thing. And right before I fall asleep, I tell myself that I'm going to have the most amazing night's sleep. And when I wake up in the morning, the alarm clock is going to go off and I'm going to get up and I'm going to feel energized. And one reason I do that is because it really does help me get up in the morning when I wake up. And as I fall asleep, I do a breathing exercise that I learned from a meditation app where you just count the inhales a day. Exhales up to six. So I do one inhale, two exhale, three inhale, four exhale, five inhale, six exhale, and then you repeat. I don't even think I make it through it two times. I usually fall asleep before then. And that has become such a gift to me. Like when I wake up in the middle of the night, I do my count to six trick and it's such a a signal to my brain. So that's my ideal nighttime routine. And like I said, some nights it doesn't all happen, especially if I know I'm not working out the next day. Yeah. I'm going to try that breathing trick tonight. Oh, I love it.
1: I think when my little one, she's three, when she goes to bed... I had to learn that I do not get another morning, so to speak, when she goes to bed. So I'll usually knock out a quick walk, maybe a really quick meditation, and get some water, take a bath, do my skincare routine, and I have been trying to sit down my phone for an hour and either do a craft or watch something really interesting on a streaming platform and then put myself to bed by 10 p.m. and you know, I'll, I do scroll and send my two best friends like reels from Instagram. And I'm, I'm going to put that on my new year to don't.
0: I was going to say that's a, that took me a long time to break.
1: Yeah. And then I do the meditation. I have to sleep with the earbuds in because my spouse snores so loud that it, I'll, I'll pause on that. But anyway, I put the uh, meditation in. <laughs> And I've started listening to this hypnosis stuff on YouTube, Ooh, where like, I don't know what I think it's going to do, but I really like it. So, I like
0: that. I'm into that kind of stuff. So you're yeah. going to have to send me links on that. I
1: will. I will. So it's simple. You know, it's, I think people may think, God, that's so boring, but it. it's not that. It's really not like it. You have to train yourself how to take care of yourself, even at 43 years old. Like you said earlier, like mm-hmm. you have to learn how to do it because when you're drinking, you're not taking good care of yourself. You have to learn. So, yeah, mine's pretty simple, but I love it and I look forward to it when my daughter goes to bed. I'm like, yes,
0: yeah. Oh, I remember those days. My kids are up now. They're probably up later than me. I can still hear them chit-chatting away. And I'm like, oh to bed. <laughs> I'm always like, we have to get up early. And I'm always remembering, no, I'm the one that has to get up super early because I have decided to. I do wish all of you could have seen Heather's face when she talks about her spouse's snoring. Heather has such a pleasant demeanor all the time <laughs> that's so calm. But whenever she talks about it, it's like oh i bet the hypnosis is helping so you're not like oh my god i hope we can only hope here in north
1: carolina i, I know i snore it too. also makes
0: me laugh because i'm really i'm just an angry lady like i said at night time and ryan gets into bed i'm like stop moving i think right. he's just like it's normal movement i'm just like <laughs> night, little tangent there she tried to rip my covers and I have my
1: earbuds in. and she's trying to talk. I can't hear because I have my earbuds in because you snore and you're taking my Anyway,
0: yeah, I'll stop. But yeah, I do get real frustrated. Yeah, if you guys think me and Heather have it all together, we both no. have our own irritations. And that's why we do these things. Like it yeah. really is like the less we can be angry, the less we can be irritated, the easier it is to live an alcohol free life. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're kind of like, they must have it all together. No. We don't. We're yes. learning just like all of you.
1: Absolutely. And if you can lay your head down and go to sleep like my spouse, I love you. But I also kind of right? hate you.
0: Yeah, like I wish. I'm always the get up with if the kids are sick in the middle of the night. If the dog needs let out, it's always me. And I always tell my husband, did you hear any of that? Nope. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'll be the one to save us if there's ever <laughs> an emergency. <laughs> yeah. I think
1: too the midday routine is really important, and I didn't think about this yes.
0: until that's maybe this year. That's why I saved it for the last one, because I think it is the hardest one. I think it is the most important one, especially when you first quit drinking. Because you were saying, what was your afternoon routine? It sounded like it started with a trip to the liquor store and oh, then yeah. drinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was
1: it. And now, yep. I like at two, I get a notification to meditate. I don't always do it, but it is really helpful. I pick my daughter up at three and make sure she has a snack. I have a snack and then, you know, do some chores, cook, do some chores, and then her bath time and our wind down time. And then my routine starts once she's asleep. It's really simple, but I try to sprinkle in chores, Mm -hmm. rest, dinner, rest, my daughter's routine, snuggle time, her bedtime, and then The coolest thing I've learned about that this year is that I need to reset my day around two or three o'clock. Yep. And I do not become
0: another human being at 7.30 p.m. No, I love that you're saying that because I remember when I had little kids, it felt like it was my special time. And I feel like that can harm us so much the next day when we're trying to function. And then, oh, crap, we spent the evening just doing all the things that we wanted to do all day long. And then so it's a little little tangent there that I went on that didn't quite make
1: sense,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me.
1: So do you have a midday routine, Sarah?
0: I have a midday routine, and I will say that it's not the most solid. We do our kids have activities. So my kids are 12 this year. I have twins. And it means that, you know, on certain days, one goes to choir and on another day they get home late because they've got robotics club. And then on another day, my son goes to uh piano lessons. So it is very like changing all the time. But in an ideal world, I pick him up from the bus stop and then I get to sneak in a little quick work session because they're usually doing chores. So it's a quick time for me to just check emails, see if there's comments I can respond to any of that stuff really quick. And then I love to go walk our dog. We have a dog that just loves going on our walks and we live out in the country. So I get to walk down our long driveway, shut the gate, and then come back. And it's, that's kind of my signal like, okay, now it's time to start cooking dinner. So then it's cooking dinner time. And while I cook dinner, if my life is going great, I get to put on my headphones and listen to a funny podcast and just chop my veggies and cook my dinner and it's all peaceful. That doesn't happen all the time, <laughs> because... Sometimes my husband and I are having to plan what's happening on the house build the next day or whatnot. But if it's going well, that's where it is. So I would say my afternoon time probably starts right around 3.30 when I go pick up the kids. They're definitely my signal that it's the I'm changing my, my hat, I guess you should say. All of a sudden I'm going from working or building to being mom and just kind of making sure my kids are doing their quick routines and all of that. But it's definitely the routine that I have to work on the most. I had to embrace chores, which was really hard for me when I first quit drinking. And it's a good time for me to get laundry put away, catch up on all the things that I used to always try to put off to the weekends, and just reset myself till it's dinner time. Then once it's dinner time, it's then we're into evening routine after that, and life flows pretty easy. But it's definitely, for a lot of us, people call it the witching hour. And I think that's what makes it so hard for so many of us, because it is this chunk of time when the cravings hit the most, when we're most expecting a drink to get into our hands and you have to change that part. And that's why I always tell people it's the most important routine to get set. It's probably one of the hardest. So give yourself grace in this area. But the one thing that I feel like makes it all so much easier for me is funny podcasts. And when I first quit drinking, it was inspirational podcasts. It was quitting drinking podcasts. It was like, I want to drink. I'm going to listen to somebody else talk about quitting drinking. So I feel motivated to stay on my journey. But these days I just need a good reset and being able to laugh is, is my jam. And it gets me like ready to, (laughs) to put on a show for my family and cook them dinner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've won Maybe you and I can develop a challenge where we do our midday routine for like a week and collect the data and share it on social media or what have you. Yeah. It is hard. Oh, I
0: like that. And I would love to know if other people have a midday routine. I feel like across the board, it is the part that's hard. Especially, I think for parents, it is your time where you're a parent and that looks different every day because you never know what our kids are going to bring us each day. (laughs)
1: No, you never, never know. I was speaking about like routines and change. I was reading a book in October, Matthew Perry's book. And he said that there are two things that people that struggle with addiction hate. One is the way things are. And two is change. Mm, Gosh. And Isn't that the truth? I was like, that is so true. So just think about that. We don't like the way things are. We don't like change. So give yourself some grace. You're doing I it. I
0: truly think when we're talking about routines, it can be so easy to listen to people and say, okay, I have to do all the things they just said to do. And that's so not true. I think it's more, okay, what what is one thing I can do in my three parts of the day? Mm-hmm. What's one thing I could add to my morning routine? What's one thing I could add to the afternoon? And what's one thing I can add to the evening? start there yeah, and then build up. Like whenever people, like, okay, so I'm going to do this, 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 this. I'm always like, just reel it in and yeah. just chill out a little bit. And we have a habit tracker that we all can keep track of in the daymakers community. And that thing is pretty packed. Like it overwhelms me. And I'm always telling people like, you are allowed to cut, cut it in half and <laughs> take parts of the paper off. You're allowed to just X out a whole column and say, I'm not doing this because in the beginning of your alcohol free journey, the most important habit is staying alcohol free. Yeah. And then it can be in adding in all those other little things and figuring those out. Yeah. But before we dive into just wrapping it all up, we were going to talk quick about having a weekly routine and looking at your whole week as a routine or maybe even month if you really want to, really want to get wild, but we won't go there yet. I will say whenever I have a monthly plan, it never it never pans out. But we do kind of sit down and do a quick little weekly planning session, my husband and I, and it helps me know what meals I'm going to cook because that's my job in the family. It helps him sit down and say, this is what we need to work on on our house build because that's kind of his department. And it lets both of us go, okay, this is what's happening. And when it's an insanely stressful week or just busy week not stressful but busy i'll write down a little list and just stick it to our fridge and say on monday we have this tuesday we have this because there's nothing i hate more than when my husband's saying when what's happening today (laughs) what's the plan and i like to just be able to be like it's on the thing it's up here and it helps my kids too so That's one thing I do. Do you do that with your spouse? Yeah, we we need to get in a better habit.
1: We used to have like a weekly planning meeting and a weekly budget finance check-in. And that can be really helpful because everybody knows what's coming up. I'm the CFO. So, you know, this is what's coming out this week. You know, this is what we're going to allocate for X, Y, and Z. That can be really helpful. It can be 15 minutes just... Yeah. Going over it yeah. having a standing meeting, so to speak. That's really helpful. And then the meal I am not the cook or the grocery buyer. I have no business doing either one of those. So Martha will let me know. Because I don't I'm the person that'll be like, What are we eating today? you know. So um
0: No, Yo, you're that person. <laughs> I am.
1: But I also don't snore that loud. So I'm
0: that's given oh, there take. you
1: go. Here, I got a bit bitter. I need to talk to my therapist about this. But I think there's just little like 15 minutes just to plan out because it helps decrease your stress. Stress is the number one cause of relapse. So,
0: yeah. But when, when you think about that, it is like all this stuff, like I said in the beginning, sounds really boring. And it sounds like, oh, I got to sit down. I got to be an adult. Like, it's the thing that I dislike the most. So I'm, I'm with you with all of those when people are like, eh, this is adulting. When you actually take the time, the little bit of time to plan it out, talk with the people you live with, say, hey, this is what's happening this week. It just makes it all flow easier, like you were saying. Yeah. And then you are so much more less likely to say, oh, screw this. I'm having a drink. Like, this is too hard. I'm having a drink. Then you're more focused and it's yeah. not going to everything's not going to flow perfectly. You're not going to cook all the meals that you put on the meal plan. Things are still going to feel hectic at times, but at least that little bit of planning helps your mind stay a little more organized.
1: Yeah. And if you sharpen up or tighten up your midday routine or your evening routine, you're not going to be as likely to cave when the witching hour starts. And it will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was just uh, reading our notes really quick, making sure we didn't miss anything. And I saw that you said you like to do the eat the frog in the morning. I do. Can you explain what that is? I read, I tried to read that book a while ago. I didn't even know it was a book. (laughs) So I heard it on another podcast. So eat the frog
1: concept is something that you dislike doing the most. Go ahead and getting that done and out of your way so that you can go about your day. And that's what I try to do. I was trying to think of it. I definitely try to
0: do it on a to-do list. I was going to say, because I really like my morning routine, so there's nothing in that one where I can go, "Mm, (laughs) hmm, I guess I try to get that one done. For a while, it was working out. It wasn't the thing that I love to do. And now it's very much a habit to me, to where I'm I'm neither, I neither hate it, nor do I love it. It's just a thing that I do every weekday. So I think one of the reasons I started doing it in the morning is because it was really hard for me to get it in the evening, probably because I was drinking. Let's, right let's be real <laughs> right when a workout cut into my drinking time we knew which one was going to win but yeah i love that eat the frog in the morning for me it's my to-do list when i look at the to-do list and say which thing am i the like least excited to do or which one sounds the hardest that's the one i need to take action on first and just get it done
1: yeah y'all need to comment on our instagram page no more wasted day spot instagram and tell us about your routines or what how it's going
0: yeah go into the stories and tell us there or just comment below one of our posts tell us what your what is your morning routine do you have one do you wish you had one or your afternoon routine i think that's definitely the the one that we would love to hear from because yeah. i could always use ideas in that area
1: yeah me too i'm looking forward to to reading them well thank thanks for listening
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we're wrapping it up on this one, and I hope everybody found this information helpful. If you did find the information helpful, be sure to tell us about it and give us a five-star rating if you haven't already, just so we know you're listening and that you're enjoying what you hear. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, y'all.